on May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with Sirius XM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, by the book listeners, Kristen here. Did you know that you can receive a weekly by the book affirmation mini-sode plus the rules of every book that we've lived by? It's easy. All you have to do is become a member of our Patreon community. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash listen to buy the book. Again, that's patreon.com slash listen to buy the book, or just look at the episode description from today's show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Yes, Kristen. We have talked with so many fun folks during our Season 8 bonus episodes. Mm, Yes, we have. We had on Virginia Heffernan talking about the worst celebrity self-help books. We had Gretchen Rubin with the best advice she's ever gotten from celebrities. And we have had so many other great guests with just different angles on celebrity self-help. But Jolenta, there's one kind of expert we've yet to talk with that I have been dying to hear from. Who's that? A ghostwriter, you know, someone who did the hard work of helping a celebrity get their words out on paper. The true heroes, the unsung heroes. Well, Kristen, great news. Your dreams are about to come true today because I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Tracy Lewis Jiggets, and I'm a ghostwriter. And this is By the Book. Right, it is time for another By the Book bonus episode. And those are our little between-season treats for your ears. Today, we are talking with one of the people who makes all of the celebrity self-help books out there possible. She is the magic behind the curtain. She is a ghostwriter. Yes, that's right. Her name is Tracy Lewis-Gidgets. And in addition to ghostwriting books for celebrities... Tracy is also a celebrated solo author in her own right. So be sure to check out her books, which include Black Joy, Stories of Resistance, Resilience, and Restoration. That book is coming out in February. Everybody, please go out and get that book. Mm -hmm. Tracy is amazing. And Tracy, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much. 
Oh, we are so excited to talk to you. We have so many questions. <laughs> uh, I guess let's just get right into it. Tracy, how does one get into the job of celebrity ghostwriting? <laughs> um, in my case, accidentally. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I... Uh, you know, had been, you know, writing myself and, you know, uh, teaching writing. And so I had a um, a friend of mine who was the son of a, a well-known uh, Harlem Globetrotter and NBA, one of the first Black men to enter into the NBA. And so he was like, I, I want to write this book on my father and I don't know how to do that. Could you help me? And so this was easily like 15 years ago. Um, and I was like, sure, I don't know how to do this, but okay, <laughs> let's get started. And so one thing just kind of led you know, to another, we did that book. And then I had another friend of mine who became a prominent person um, in sort of like the religious uh, world and um, asked me to be a part of, which connected me to an agent, which then connected me to more opportunities and so on and so on and so on. (laughs) Wow. And now at this point in your career, how does it work? Does a publisher reach out to you and say, you're the perfect person for this project? Or do you like audition by sending writing samples at this point? Are you just like friends with all the celebrities? So now they just call you personally. I wish. How does it work? Just now? keep becoming prominent <laughs> and like just asking you to join I up. I wish. <laughs> I wish that was the case. Uh, no. Well, and what ended up happening was um, I caught the attention of an uh, agent who specializes in just working with ghostwriters, and so oh, um, she it. is now represents me. So I actually have two agents. I have an agent for my work, and then I have an agent agent for my ghostwriting work, Madeline Morell. And um, she, so publishers, um, editors come to her and say, you know, I have a project that I think Tracy might be interesting. It's interesting because like, you know, once you do a book and it does really well, then, you know, even though your name might not be the flashy one on the cover, people begin to recognize, you know, within the industry, they know who's behind things. And so Mm. editors start to reach out to your agent and so on and so on. Because your name's always buried somewhere in those acknowledgments. <laughs> They're in there. Those it's names so of yours. Yes. Cool. They are. <laughs> so once you're uh, paired on a project, how much time do you spend getting to know the celebrity you're working with and their story before getting into writing? Um, it really depends on them. I mean, some celebrities are very open to... Um, kind of getting to know you and talking to you and letting you, I mean, the vibe matters, right? Like, you know, making right. sure that I can recreate their voice. I have to know them a little bit. Some celebrities are not down with that. <laughs> you know, they just want, <laughs> just want you to do the gig, right? So mm. um, it just really depends. I consider myself like a literary midwife. So my goal is I'm going in Mm. and I'm going to help you birth this thing, right? Like, And so however much you give me is as much as I can use to create this wonderful thing that we're going to put out into the world. Um, And Mm. so it just really depends. I've had people I've collaborated with who have been very, like, I, I, I don't consider them friends, but I consider them like, people that um, are really cool. And like, if I saw them on the street, we'd have a great rapport. And there are, um, you know, others that I, you know, really appreciate, but maybe we not, we're not as close. So yeah, I mean, it just really depends. Some of them are super busy. They're on a plane here and there and you're trying to catch them. So, you know, you're not able to have that kind of relationship or that con- kind of conversation ahead of time. Well, I'm so curious about how all of this works. I mean, 
Many, many, many years ago, I read Coal Miner's Daughter by Loretta Lynn, and she actually says in the book how she and her ghostwriter worked together. She says, you know, he sat down with me with a tape recorder, he prompted a few questions, and then he just recorded hours and hours of her first person telling her story. And then she said he did a beautiful job of essentially, you know, cutting out the tangents, keeping her voice, keeping the story, and just typing it all up. And he himself said that too. He said, you know, she was such a beautiful storyteller on her her own, I barely had to do anything. That's the way he describes it. Is that how it is with you too? Can you just walk us through like yeah. soup to nuts? What actually happens with each of them? Are you doing what Loretta Lynn's person did, just sitting down with the tape recorder? Or is there, you know, back and forth where you're sending each other 500 emails a day? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, it's very much like that except technology is better, right? <laughs> so <laughs> we have um, a little bit more access and, you know, to like send text messages and that kind of thing. But generally it's very similar. Like I am, whether it's via Zoom, whether they are sending me audio files to my phone. I had um, one client who was on the West Coast and I, you know, I'm on the East Coast. And so I would get messages at like one and two and three o'clock in the morning because that was the only time that they had available. They were done with their shooting for the day. And so my husband would say, oh, that's so-and-so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like, so it really is a, usually a set of interviews or a set of conversations, sometimes face-to-face in the age of COVID, it's via Zoom and, um, right. You know, what I try to listen for even more so than the story, because it usually these individuals are charismatic and they know how to tell a story. They know who they are and their journeys. They may not necessarily just know how to get it down on the page. And so mm. I that part is not a lot of work for me. It's just really listening. What the work for me is then taking all those transcripts, because then I'll go and get them all transcribed and trying to recreate their cadence, the way that they would speak, their voice on the page. That's the work, right? And so really listening right. to the way that they would say something or the phrasing or, you know, making sure that it doesn't sound like Tracy or, you know, some academic or someone, you know, mm. like that it literally sounds like them. That takes the time. So I usually take all those <laughs> transcriptions and, uh, you know, get to work chapter by chapter. And some clients want me to send chapters as I'm finishing them. They want to be actively involved in the writing. Some of them don't want to be bothered until we have a draft done and they want to kind of go through it um, all at once. So it just, again, really depends. And then the editor is involved, right? So you're not just trying to serve the author, the client, you're also trying to serve the publisher, the the editor, right? And making sure that it's the book that they bought. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those kinds of things. There's lots of conversations going back. I, I, I don't really do a lot of like email interviews. Sometimes I'll send questions and then they will respond to me via like voice message or via video and send me the files. Because again, I want to hear how they say it. I want to hear if they're telling a story about this really horrible thing that happened to them. It's not just the words about what, you know, what happened. It is the part where their voice catches and I hear that it's emotion. And that's like, mm-hmm. ah, okay, I need to recreate that on the page. It's hearing how they feel. If they're really like anxious or angry about something, that passion is going to show up in their intonation, in their their voice. And so I want to hear that. So it's usually not, 
Now, I've had clients that also like want to write. <laughs> you know? Right, right. And, I was like, are there ones who are like, let me write it down, give it, give it the first crack? Yeah. Or are there what? Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, because there's some that are decent <laughs> writers. Uh, and I come in just to like make it beautiful. Right. Like, so they're decent. Like they, they've, They've gone to school. They know how to put together, you know, they know how to write, but it's not anything that's like a narrative that would be super engaging. They're just telling their story on the page and they want to give it their first crack. So they'll get go at the chapter and then they'll send it to me and I'll flesh it out and then we'll go back and forth. I have a most recent client that was that way and she was a beautiful writer. So it was just mm. a matter of like me coming in and putting that that thing that's going to be attractive to the editor and ultimately to the reader on top of their own story. So, Wow. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but when we're back, we have so many more questions for you. Everyone out there, stay with us. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with SiriusXM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, everybody. We are back with Tracy Lewis Gidget's author and celebrity ghostwriter. That's right. She writes those words inside the hearts of the celebrities. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> if we could uh, get back to um, sort of the voice that we were talking about that you have to write in as a ghostwriter, um, what is it like helping to translate famous people's memories and everything while retaining their voice. You said, is it just lots of listening? Because Kristen and I have a hard time writing in any voice other than our own. Like even We're for each so other, someone we spend like a lot of time with and <laughs> talk to a lot. We still write like sort of filler lines for each other. And they're like, you do it. No, we're so terrible how at do it. You, yeah, how do you like get into it and then like keep it consistently? Um, it's a challenge. I won't lie about that. Like it is something that I have to, I mean, writing is rewriting, right? So it's, mm. it's you know, writing a paragraph or writing a chapter and then listening again and then rewriting it. And, and then sometimes, you know, you don't want to make um, what you put down on the page, like a caricature of the person, right? Like, right. like this exaggerated, you know, especially if they have a very distinct voice. As I've worked alongside people that have a very distinct voice that when people hear them from across the room, they know who's talking, right? And so, but I don't want to create them 
I don't want to make it cartoonish where you're reading this and it's like, you know, like if they have a heavy accent or if they have, mm-hmm. you know, some personality or persona that they have in their world, right? Like, I don't want to overdo it. So, you know, sometimes I do. And then I have to go back in and like yeah. pull it back and say, okay, there is a line between sounding like this person and making it readable, right? For the person mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. sitting and may not know anything about this person, but it's very interested in their story, right? And so it takes drafting. It takes writing and rewriting and re-listening and asking more questions and, you know, digging sometimes. And, you know, one of the biggest challenges is making sure that, especially when I'm writing stories that maybe have like trauma at the base of them Mm, um, or in the background, I should say, um, that it doesn't trigger my own trauma. (laughs) <laughs> right and then it's right, not right. that's such a good point no that's really important I come I come from a theater background originally but like there is that like there is such a thing as like spending a lot of time with a voice that has like some heaviness or some demons that like remind you of your own where it can really draw that out yes like my therapist um, and yes I have a therapist <laughs> so we, we all, we all do. do I talk about therapy <laughs> nonstop on this show so like you know my therapist has given me like tools like so Um, One of the things that she gave me was was really cool was that like, so I have this um, uh, lotion here. And Mm -hmm. so I only put this on when I'm working on a particular client. Right. So what it does is that it gives me it drops me into that person's voice, but I can also get out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially if I'm working again, like some some clients, it's not any big deal. I don't need that. But like some clients, if it's really like there's some heavy, heavy content. You know, mm-hmm. this is the same way with any actor, like you said, theater, anything where you're dropping into that character, you know, you have to find your way out of it at some point. Right. right? Or it will. You need to be able to, like, unwind at the end of the day. Absolutely. And re- remember, like, that was for work, even <laughs> though it's like a full persona. <laughs> I, I, absolutely. And so there are times when I have to do that. Right. Like, I have to disconnect um, after a while, especially once the book is done and it's out of my hands. Then I really have to come back out of it. And when you're working with the celebrities, I mean, it's really interesting. Jolent and I have read so many celebrity self-help books at this point. It's clear that some celebrities actually don't want to share anything very intimate about themselves. And those books can be really boring. And do you have to work extra hard? Do you have to kind of be a therapist yourself to get them to open up, to say this is going to make the book better? Um, or do you just follow their lead? Um, yes, to both of those. <laughs> yeah. So like the thing is, is that there are people who haven't done the work that they're trying to put out into the world. Right. I, I actually have not had this experience too much, um, but I have, you know, talked with other ghostwriters where it is a situation where, you know, that it's clear that this person hasn't healed this thing, but I'm asking them to talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's hard and it's like pulling teeth and they don't want to get, you know, they don't want to give up too much. They have their wall up. And it's hard. It's like at a certain point, you there's not anything you can do. You can't make it. I am not a therapist, and I'm very clear about that. I may ask questions that therapists ask, right? Right, but right. If they're not willing to, you know, share, then I have to figure out a way to write around it, right? I have to mm-hmm. go and grab a quote from someone else that I think might align with what this person is oh. going through and see how we can in, embed it or incorporate it in. Um, so if you come across a book that maybe is like quote heavy or like has like, mm. you know, content that's from 
other folks a lot, that might be, I'm not saying it is, but it might be the case that the person could only go so far. It's natural on our healing journeys, right? That we can only go as far as the work we've done to heal that thing, right? And if mm-hmm. I hit a wall, we still have a book to get done, right? So right. I have to figure out a way to write around it. Wow. I love the way you're talking about this because, you know, we're a show about self-help books and we are looking at things usually from the point of view of the reader, but you're saying the writing process is also a version of self-help for the people who are writing the books with you. Oh, for sure. Like I've seen um, high-profile folks transform through the process of writing this book. Like they are, there is power in giving it air, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the memories, memoir, right? Like the, you're you're tapping into these memories and you're sharing it. And you may, this might've been the first time in a very long time that you've shared this story about this thing that happened a long time ago. And what happens, I believe, this is just my personal belief that giving it air has the power to like heal. And like, it, it, it's no longer just on the inside. And so I've seen folks that I've worked with who started at one point at the beginning of the process and really had like this revelation at the end where they were, in mm. fact, a little bit further along on their healing journey than when they started. Um, all right. Now I'm going to ask a totally different kind of question. Um, because Kristen and I, in reading so many books, especially self-help books, we love book structure. We pay a lot of attention to that. Some structures we love. Some structures give us headaches. Um, when you're working on a project uh, that's yeah, when you're ghostwriting, do you decide on the structure of the books? Do the editors decide on that structure? Do the celebrities? Do you come up with it together? Is it like a prescribed, like we're hitting these storylines from my life in these chapters, or is it like a free for all? Um, if, in my experience, during if if I'm writing, if I'm involved with the proposal itself, so there's like two steps. There's like we come mm. up with a proposal, and then that proposal gets sold, right? And right. then we dive into the book. So within that proposal, there is an outline, just like a table of contents and all of that good stuff. And so mm-hmm. that usually comes from. Well, my experience in two places, it's it's either the the author, the celebrity has a very clear vision of what they want the book to look like, or they don't at all. And then I come in and I create the organization and I say, well, why don't we, you know, break this up into three parts of your life or five seasons or three colors or whatever the thing is, right? Whatever. And I was like, and then because we have to give the readers some way of moving through this story, right? Like some mm-hmm. device, right? So we we figure out what that device, what that organization and structure is going to be. So it's kind of a mutual thing, but it just really depends on the person because then again, like they may not want to be involved with that at that level. And so I say, hey, this is what we can do. And they're like, sure, you know, we go ahead for it. And then the editor, the agents, everyone kind of throws in their input as well. And somehow we land on a finished document. That sounds like so much work to me because I feel like the more chefs that are in the kitchen, the harder it can be to work on something. Mm -hmm. Like when Jill Lent and I co-wrote our book together, I found it harder than the books that I've written on my own because the more people involved, I mean, and when you have that many people, oh, that sounds very tough. I commend you. (laughs) It definitely can be. Um, But it also, it just really depends on the people. Like some editors are very hands-off. They're like, just show me what you got. You know, when you got it, (laughs) you know, and And I'll check in with you in a few months. Exactly. Some (laughs) of, and also it's what, you know, how much do they trust 
me as a ghostwriter, right? Like if mm-hmm. they've worked with me before or if they've seen my other work, then they may not, you know, feel like they have to be involved. When I was new, like when I was st- like my first couple of projects, I, you know, I had editors that didn't know anything about me and didn't know if I could even do it. So they were more involved. And then and it just got a little bit better over time. But it really just depends on uh, it just depends on the editor, the way that they work, right? You know, yeah. how how much mm-hmm. involvement they want. I'm curious about, you know, you're clearly putting in so much work, but so often ghostwriters are not even credited anywhere on the cover of a book. Um, of all the books we read in the last season of the show, I think Robin Roberts may have been the only one whose book cover front and center has the name of her ghostwriter next to her. Veronica Chambers was her ghostwriter yeah. on her book. Um, one of the best. <laughs> and, oh, and the book is so good. It is mm-hmm. delicious. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Jolenta and I loved the book. We both cried. We both laughed. We were both starstruck. Like, we loved the a thousand juice. lives while reading it. Love yeah, it, it was so it. good. It was so, so, so good. So, you know, Veronica Chambers, she gets credit right there on the cover. But that seems really rare. How do you feel about the fact that sometimes you're just, like, not there at all on the cover? Yeah. Um. So usually in the beginning of this process, all of that is negotiated, right? So mm. you are aware of what the deal is going to be upfront in your contract. So you've negotiated that, you know, some, so there's usually like three options. There is, or four options, I guess. There's, you know, you're on the front cover as a collaborator, um, which like the Veronica Chambers, the Deneen Milners, like the, mm. you know, those folks usually land those kinds of deals. Then there's title page credit where you're not on the cover but you're on the title page when you open it up. Then there's, right. you know, um, in the acknowledgments where the author will like give you a generous, like, you know, nod <laughs> to your mm-hmm. work. And then, you know, you might negotiate that you're not anywhere involved at all. And, you know, those things are correlate to how much money you're making. Right. Because, I mean, the truth is, right. is some ghostwriters don't want their names on this. Like this is the work that they do you know, behind the scenes and they're okay with that. And so I think, you know, you have, you know, different perspectives on that. I can tell you personally, sometimes it's hard. <laughs> like sometimes, I, you know, yeah. I would imagine. Like you have, you know, especially if you have books that hit the New York Times bestsellers list. And like, I can say, like, I have a New York Times bestseller, right? I can say mm-hmm. that. But if your name is not on the cover, it's just kind of like, do you? Really? Do you? Mm. <laughs> you know? And so, like, I get, you know, maybe if some ghostwriters kind of feel a way about that. But when you're going through the process, you know what it's going to be at the end because you've already right. negotiated that. So I just think it... um we maybe need more representation, more agents that are going. My agent is fantastic because she goes for all the things. And then we kind of back it out depending on, you know, what the author wants. Some celebrities just don't want that acknowledged. You know, they just don't yeah. want, mm-hmm. you know, this idea that they've been collaborating, even though everyone pretty much knows it. Right. I was <laughs> it's sort of know. a given at this point. <laughs> yeah. But know. They just don't want, you know, they don't want to share the cover. And, you know, sometimes you understand that. And frankly, sometimes, I mean, I haven't really necessarily had this, I can't really say, but sometimes you work on projects and after you get through the process, you're 
Like, yeah, I don't want my name on that. <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> I could imagine it two ways. Like, ooh, yeah. I'm glad no one knows I'm associated with this. Or also, like, <laughs> I can't believe I'm watching someone, like, do press with, you know, Oprah, like, for my work. Right. But, I, but you know, what I always say, and I'll, let me just be clear, that's not me. <laughs> okay, none of yeah, my clients yeah, yeah. <laughs> at all. I've had that issue. But I, I will say this, that it... I look at it like I'm a, when I tell myself I'm a literary midwife, I am simply, mm. you know, helping these people tell there is still their story, right? It's still their life. What I did was, you know, I try to, I'm a word arranger, right? Like I arrange the words on the page so that it, it's, it will move the reader, hopefully. That's the job, right? Like mm. in my own creative work, Right. Like, you know, I get to do all the things and have all the credit. But for this particular job, I'm arranging these words, these people's stories so that it has the biggest impact. And so, like, when I recently hit the New York Times bestsellers list with the Ghost Project and I'm like, congrats. Yes. You know, I'm happy because, I, you know, I know the deal already. So, yeah. It probably really helps to know what to expect going in and have it be like negotiated for you. So Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, what would you say is your favorite part of ghostwriting? Ah, good question. Um finishing (laughs) (laughs) that's a really good answer (laughs) I mean you go through so much and it's like a lot of times months and months of work or it's not it's a crash deal so you're like working Mm. 12 hours a day to try to get it done whichever like so like I think getting that I I would not finishing per se because there's more to the process copy editing all that kind of thing but finishing that first draft and I would say like you know I'll be honest knowing that the celebrity likes your work, like knowing Mm. that they're, they're happy with what you've Mm -hmm. done. You know, they feel like you got it, you know, that is satisfying, right? Because totally, you know, you feel like you're doing your job. So yeah. Wow. Well, we have one last question for you, but we're not going to ask it now because we have to take one more quick break. But when we're back, more of the wonderful Tracy Lewis Gidgets. Stay with us. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with SiriusXM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with SiriusXM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Issa as host Issa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we are back with one last burning question for Tracy Lewis Gidgets. Kristen, take it away. All righty, Tracy. If you could ghostwrite a book with any famous person on the planet, who would it be? 
Mm. Wow, that is, oh, that's so much. <laughs> like, I, I, it's just hard. The reason why it's taking me so long to answer is because I um, had a person that would have, that I would have said, and I've gotten a chance to work with them. <laughs> so, oh my god so dream we did have true. that written into our initial question too which is a famous person that you've yet to work with yeah yeah yet to work with okay yeah. so i mean like you know what a lot of my folks are like this is how i'll answer that question there is one book that is coming out that i did not get a chance to work with that i would have loved like it would have been mm. awesome to work on and that's will smith's new memoir I would have. Oh, that would have been fascinating to work on. I would have loved to have done that memoir. So that's how I answer that question because most of my people are passed away. <laughs> so, right, like, you yeah, know, I don't yeah. know. And like those folks are no longer here. Like Prince. Like I would have loved. Oh, well, <laughs> my yeah. heart, Prince. Yeah, like oh, the, I mean, if there was my a hometown hero, yeah, it would have been Prince. Yeah, you know. But um, yeah, I would have loved to have worked on the Will Smith project. Oh, me too. I would have loved for you to work on that too, because I feel like maybe you could get him to reveal more that because he has a very like manufactured public image. Yeah, and a good ghostwriter would get him to like you know just give a little bit more hand, just give us a little peek below yes I, I think yes. this book might do it i don't know I'm, i haven't read it but you yeah know. i'm hearing buzz yeah so <laughs> i don't know like um i i'm not sure who he worked with but we'll see we'll see but Oof. i i would have tried <laughs> i would have tried oh, to man. do that for sure i believe you <laughs> yes and <laughs> if only we had a time machine so you could go back and work with Prince. We would Demand love that because yeah. oh that man has got some stories oh. in him. You know he does. And I'd have to get rid of my fangirl, right? Like, so... <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've had to do that in the past. Like, there are people I, I have to... I was going to say, them. have you had to, like, yes. separate yourself from freaking out? Yes. Like, there are people that it's just, <laughs> you know, I have to set aside my fangirl until I can read them. Like, if, they, if I read them and they're like, okay, with a little fangirl, then I'll mm. give it to them. But, like, yeah, like, it's some... You know, they, some people don't like that, so. Yes. Uh, and some people need it all the time. Yes. Uh. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> well, Tracy Lewis-Gidgets, this has been such a delight. Thank you so much for being on the show. Can you tell our listeners how they can find more of you? Absolutely. Um, my The, the cent- central place to find me is TracyMLewis.com. You get all of information about Black Joy coming out February 1st. 2022 um pre-orders available now (laughs) so um uh and all of my other work all of the essays and you know the pieces that i've written for like the washington post the oprah magazine all of that stuff is just there so excellent check it out thank you yes everyone check it out thank you so much again thank you And that's it for this bonus episode of By the Book. Huge, huge thank you to our amazing non-ghost production team. Brandon <laughs> Nix, Corinne Wallace, Daisy Rosario, and Andy Christens. Of course, thanks to Nate Wyda, he composed our theme song. And big thank you to the Rizzos who perform it. Please stay in touch. We love hearing from you. Send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. Our email address is kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at jolenta g, at kristenmeinzer, and at buythebookpod. Or if you want to, 
pick up the phone and reach us the old-fashioned way at 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-492-6657. And uh, if you like what you're hearing, just pick up your phone uh, and give a little rating or review to the show uh, in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you are listening. Don't don't be a ghost. Be a presence <laughs> in our reviews. Also, tell a friend about the show. The friend can be a ghost. I, you know, That's the totally more ghost fine. listeners, the better. Uh, until next time, I'm Jolanta Greenberg, and I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks so much for listening. Bye bye. Stitcher. Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And How to Be Fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine.